Hello there, my name is Edward Johnston Long, and welcome to Just One Poem, my podcast where I talk about one poem and then describe why it means so much to me. Thank you for listening, and thank you for all your comments and tweets over the past five episodes. Okay, so this week I'm going for a classic poem by Jane Hirschfield called Burlap Sack. Jane is um, one of my favourite poets of all time, so I hope I do her justice. Here it is. Burlap Sack. A person is full of sorrow, the way a burlap sack is full of stones or sand. We say hand me the sack, but we get the weight, heavier if left out in the rain. To think that the sand or stones are the self is an error. To think that grief is the self is an error. Self carries grief as a pack mule carries the side bags, being careful between the trees to leave extra room. The mule is not the load of ropes and nails and axes. The self is not the miner, nor builder, nor driver. What would it be to take the bride and leave behind the heavy dowry? To let the thin-ribbed mule browse in tall grasses, its long ears waggling like the tails of two happy dogs. Right, so who is Jane Hirschfield and why do I love her so much? Jane Hirschfield is a, an American poet based in California. She's still alive and still writing. She is an expert in Japanese Zen poetry. And I believe she actually trained as a Buddhist nun of some description. But I will have to look that up on Wikipedia just to check. I love her work because it uses or takes into account all of the work that she has done with Japanese Zen. <clears throat> Japanese Zen work. Sorry. Bad throat. And kind of recontextualizes it for a western audience but not in a in a patronizing way and not in an inaccessible way her work is very accessible and it's very open and it begs questions of you like zen poetry does i don't know if you've read any zen poetry or any um serious haiku but um for for that movement of, of poetry, they ask unanswered questions about the world. And the idea is not even for there to be an answer, but for you to contemplate on the question. And then somehow through that contemplation, you become closer to the truth of existence and the truth of being in the world. That poem, Burlap Sack, poses the question that the grief and the pain we feel as human beings is something that sometimes we believe defines us as human beings. And she says that that's not the case. And in fact, grief is something that fills us up like stones or sand, 
fill a bag. And I like that line, heavier if, if left outside in the rain. I think that's quite, that's quite sweet and true. And I think that poses quite an interesting question for the way that, especially me personally, live my life, is that I feel, I don't know how, how other people deal with things, but you do feel that your griefs and your sadnesses if they go on for too long, they tend, you feel like they tend to define you as a person, and that's dangerous, and it shouldn't be like that. There's no route to happiness through that kind of thinking, and it is just thinking. And what she says, and what I think is right, is that you can kind of unbridle yourself like the mule from all of this trouble and be happy, and it's just that easy, isn't it? <laughs> you can just think yourself happy. But I think it's true, and I think it gives you pause and it makes you think, are all the things that are bad and that you take on board to yourself as bad, don't let them define you as a person. Just deal with them and pass through them like a weight in a, in a burlap sack that can be taken out, or like a mule loaded up with bags, who is then released from the burden and um, runs around in a field happy with um, waggling ears. I really like that message that we don't need to define ourselves by our anguish and our pain. Jane Hirschfeld's work is, not only is it philosophically very stimulating for me, is she has such a preciseness which I think comes from not only translating translating Japanese poetry into English, which she does, but also just from the Japanese school of writing. Obviously, you know about haiku. Very, very tight, precise work, which just sits on the page and just leaves you with a question or an image. Jane doesn't overwrite anything. She's very precise. And think about last time when I was talking about Walt Whitman. <laughs> he is somebody who is precise in his lines, obviously. But if you look at the work on the page in comparison, Jane, her lines are much shorter and her ideas are much more distilled and compact. And I think that's what happens, not only as poetry has developed from the time that Walt Whitman was writing, but also when you take into account Japanese poetry and the way they approach poetry. Jane is, um, she is one of my favourite writers because of how precise she is, and also because she has some incredibly beautiful lines that have just stuck with me. You know, like you get lines from a lyrics from a song stuck in your head. I get that that kind of thing for lines of poetry because I am completely immersed in poetry almost all day. Well, I try to be anyway. And her work is so frequently on my mind, especially her titles. She does incredibly beautiful titles. I don't know how she does it. And the book that I read from was her um, it's not her most recent collection, 
but it's her second most recent collection. It's called After. And um, it's one of those books that I keep a very untidy writing desk with piles of books everywhere. And I have a kind of, I, I have certain books that I feel safest having them close to me. And this is one of them, is um, this book. It, it, it is always on my writing desk. It never goes back onto a shelf because I just, I read it so much and I just like to have it close to me. Another book of hers that I have is a selected poems. Um, the title of this selected poems is called Each Happiness Ringed by Lions, which is um, just a fantastic title. She does so much with such preciseness. I just love her work. I think you can probably tell. So in closing, I would say, if you want to look at poetry from a very, from a, from a slightly different perspective than maybe you would expect, then read some work by Jane Hirschfield. Read some work, read some haiku um, from the, the old Japanese masters, from the old, the old Buddhist monks, and just think, think about what they're saying, and you'll be surprised not just by the the innate beauty of these lines, also by the questions that the poems leave you with that are never resolved. <laughs> because that's that's the kind of Zen way of doing it, is that you ask a question that's impossible. And somehow in the working out of something unfathomable, you reach a closer relationship with the world and the confusion that is the universe. So yeah, thank you for listening to my podcast this week. I'm sorry I didn't do one last week. I am, um, I was quite busy with lots of bits and pieces. I will be doing one every week, of course. Thanks for suggestions and tweets. You can follow me on Twitter. I am Edis, E-D-D-U-S, or please subscribe on iTunes to the podcast, which I know some of you have, which is fantastic. I'm really grateful. If you have any messages or if you have any poetry suggestions, um, please let me know and maybe I can do an episode for you. So thank you very much and have a good week. Read some haiku. That's your homework from me. Take care.